Welcome to Sports Scouts. I'm Joey Goodsir. And this is our 12th episode at prom. Welcome again to Sports Scouts. I'm Joey Goodsir. Michael Rowe. And we are recording this, a brand new episode on Thursday, May 16th, 2019. Um, as you saw with our intro there, we had prom this last weekend, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, it was a good night, but yeah, we thought we'd record an intro there. Um, but yeah, so we will talk uh, Tiger Woods, uh, the NBA draft lottery, um, some serious frustration in New York, both from the lottery and elsewhere. Um, and unfortunately, John Beeline and more. Uh, but first, Michael will give you some scout scores. Yeah, so for the scouts, the boys' baseball team was defeated by Stevenson 2-1 to one in their final conference game on Wednesday. The scouts will host Deerfield Friday in their last regular season home game. Girls' water polo season recently ended in the sectional quarterfinal, and the boys' team also came to an end in the second round of the sectionals against Munline. Congrats to both on a successful season. Boys lacrosse lost 20-7 to to Loyola on Saturday to close out the regular season. Good luck to them in the playoffs coming up very soon. Boys track and field had sectionals today at Niles West, so good luck to them. Pole vaulter Bennett Flynn also recently won the conference championship. Girls soccer had their regionals at home last night. Their next game will, will most likely be on Friday. Boys volleyball played at Stevenson Wednesday night to close out the regular season. They have regionals at home on Monday. Girls softball had their senior night against Stevenson on Tuesday. They have their regional quarterfinals against Prospect on Monday. Boys Tennis had their conference championship in a matchup with Libertyville, and they have sectionals on Friday against Stevenson. Girls Lacrosse had their senior night against Evanston on Tuesday and will be in the sectional quarterfinals coming coming up this Tuesday. Girls Badman finished 12th in state in a four-way tie with um, four other teams. Inc- doubles group Nika Bolova and Grace Gerscheidel advanced to the fifth round of the consolation bracket. Congrats on a great season. And girls track and field has a state a head state tomorrow. The notable qualifier being junior hurdler uh, Sydney Leonardi, who recently had a big leg injury, but she came back and congrats on a huge comeback this year. And good luck at state. And then also a lot of seasons coming to an end, Joey. So good luck to all the teams that are going to either state or quarterfinals, whatever they're. Yeah, um, I mean things are coming to an end coming there. Up, yeah, um, so good luck to all of them. Yeah, uh, that's a huge comeback right at the end there. That was a big one. Uh, so thanks, Michael. That was Scout Scores. And if you want more in the latest in LFHS sports, check out the latest articles on the Forest Scout. Uh, let's take a look here at what we got. Um, there's a decent amount of stuff that came out. Uh, Shaw came back from his hiatus and got the dugout out. <laughs> um, congrats to him and Casey Murray, two Forest four Scout writers on uh, uh, Prom Royalty this week. So that was exciting, um, by the way. Um, let's see. Uh, we got Stephen Young. Uh, covering the NBA Conference Finals and the NBA Draft Lottery. Lots of just national stuff. And uh, uh, Danny Fisher covering the PGA Championship, which we will, of course, get to later, um, which is just starting to go on as we speak. Um, So before we uh, get into the news, as usual, let's go to Show Me What You've Got. And this has been kind of a nice week, but the problem is there was kind of one really really sad story for me at least that kind of busted in um unexpectedly um which is unfortunate but yeah that that story in case you haven't heard uh michigan basketball head coach um and really you know head of the michigan basketball program and 
you know, what thought to be longtime program coach John Beeline uh, accepted a head coaching job with the Cleveland Cavaliers earlier this week. Um, this is quite a shocker, especially for uh, Michigan fans who were pretty confident after he seemed to back out of any um, possible agreement with the Detroit Pistons before this season. Um, you know, and th- he was signed to an extension that was pretty large and deservingly large. And, you know, it just seemed like he was going to be up there with the other program coaches, you know, that you think of in college basketball as far as like Izzo, Coach K, Calipari, Bayheim, like all these all these names that, you know, they're going to they're going to retire in the jobs that they're at right now. And they've they've had those jobs for a long time. It seemed like Beeline was that role to Michigan. And so it's unfortunate to see him taking this head coaching job with the Cavs. Um, I mean, the main motivations, now that it's been a couple days, it's starting to become clear what's going on. Really what kind of motivated him to move, not only was kind of the new challenge of the NBA, which is something that him as a coach, he's probably interested in, but he's had some frustrations with the new um, kind of one-and-done time period right now that's really starting to take over his team now. And, you know, lots of players who you know, would have more of a chance to develop or already leaving. I think, you know, that was super heightened um, as far as effects go this year with the departure of um, Iggy Brzezikas, um, Jordan Poole even, um, Charles Matthews. Some serious stars on the Michigan basketball team are already going to the NBA. Um, the, especially, the especially notable one is Jordan Poole, in my opinion, because he he's pretty much um, in and out way faster than anybody probably thought he should be. Um, He's he's he basically said he's fine with knowing that he's probably going to be around a second, third rounder. Um, so I mean, I guess from a head coaching perspective, if you hear that from him, it's a little bit discouraging. And that combined with you know he's known to run such a clean program in a sport where there's not a lot of clean stuff going on, that has to get frustrating, especially when you get so close to winning a national title multiple times and not do it. So I think that's probably that's what seems to be motivating him here um, to take this job with Cleveland. But yeah. Huge, um, kind of unexpected, um, sad story. Yeah, I was not expecting that at all when I saw that. Um, Crazy. Was it I Wednesday had, or I had to Tuesday read it. morning, whatever morning that was? I yeah, just, wow. I had to read it like eight times <laughs> to understand. Like I thought, I thought that Wadge's, uh, you know, the ESPN NBA reporter. I thought that his Twitter was definitely like hacked or something. Like yeah. hacked or something. <laughs> I, yeah, I was pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. no, it was. I mean, I it guess, was what happened. I guess, I mean, he is. This probably might be one of his last shots that he can get to go to the next level, being his age. That's true. I up, think that. Upper 60s, so. He's, he's, he's got a good opportunity right now. I just, I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, we can, we'll get into the Cavs stuff, you know, after you can you can talk about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have my own set of opinions on that, really. Yeah, you got a lot of. I mean, I guess being such a Michigan fan that you are, I mean, he's been such a fixture for the program for, for so such long now. Such a big now. fixture. Built that program. I thought up. you know retiring. Yeah. Name uh, the court after him, like the yeah, whole honestly, nine yards. Honest, yeah. Because he's that such because he he built such a great culture at the school. So I mean that's what he does. I mean he does leave programs better than when he got there. So he did do that at least. Yeah, but not even being a Michigan guy too. Like just watching him on television, like after games, like it seems like an atmosphere anyone would want to be around. Like as a recruit or just as a fan of Michigan. Not a single person I'd want to represent that program more than yeah. him. He's just perfect. Um, but. I, I think, you know, this is interesting that he took this job specifically. I mean, in my opinion, I just don't see why. I guess because of his frustrations, that's why it kind of rushed him out. But, I mean, I feel like John Beeline, you know, considering he had the job he'd have, I feel like he would be the person to just wait on. I feel like it'd make the most sense for him to just wait on a, like, a really, really good, 
like perfect scenario NBA job to come his way. Like, because yeah. I don't think Cleveland is the perfect opportunity, especially considering that you know they're they're in the situation that they're in. I think that that's a good challenge for him, and he likes that. But like at the same time, I mean, we are familiar with the Cleveland front office. Um, we're familiar with Dan Gilbert. We know who he is. I just don't know how John Beeline fits in the mold of that. Yeah, being like franchise. the caliber of a coach that he is, you think well, that like yeah, he I mean, could like, get he could get like better. he would go if he gets a better job. But otherwise, I just don't know why he would have such a low tolerance and just be like, I'm yeah. going to the NBA. Such so a rebuild now that he's got to. Well, yeah, and. I just, I mean, I, I w- don't get me wrong. I wish all the best to him. I hope he does an amazing job. You know, I hope he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Like, honestly, like, you know, I'm, I, I am now, you know, now that both a LeBron is off the Cavs and John Beeline's coaching, I have more reasons to root for, for a team in Cleveland, which is kind of amazing. So, I mean, Hey, credit to him. I hope he does really, really well, but analytically speaking, critically speaking, I just think he's not going to do that well simply because I don't think his coaching style fits the mold of the NBA um, as far as, like, I feel like a lot of his leadership is this strong leadership that's built around college college kids, kids, growing college kids that, you know, stay for no more than four years and they leave. And I think that, you know, a bunch of really, really young millionaires basically are playing basketball who are professional athletes. I just don't think that after maybe one year, I could see them doing really, really well this year. I have a feeling that they're going to have a huge spike this year. They're going to yeah. do way better than they did last year, and it's going to be like, wow, look at what he did. And then after that, I don't think they're going to do much more simply because I think after one year, the magic of John Buline, when it's not a college program, is going to wear off. I just don't think that, you know, like we, we've we've already talked about NBA players having a hard time being coached in general, and being coached by John Buline is, you know, another level. They, they talk about, you know, walking into his practices, and it's like he's coaching – you know, first graders. Like that's the way he runs his practice. Energy he has super yeah. so super focused on fundamentals, like very very basic basketball, but just an X and O. Like and guys want to guys want to be there too. It's not just right. Hardcore, and guys want to do it. It makes it exciting for them too. I just don't know time. if professional athletes want to do that. Yeah, and that's what I'm worried about. I mean, I hope that that I'm wrong. I really really do, but I feel pretty confident that things aren't going to go that well. And and also, like I said, Dan Gilbert. He just does not seem like the personality that would match with John Beeline, knowing the decisions that he's made in the past with the Cavs. Yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, I don't we'll know. Have to see where that goes. Has Michigan? We'll, we'll see where that goes. But the candidates to replace him yet? There's a lot of rumors going around. I mean, as typical with the with the Michigan search, um, I heard um, Ira Weintraub, and he's a he's a radio host in Ann Arbor. He does he co-hosts a great show called The Michigan Insider. Shout out to them. But um, what his philosophy basically was, and I kind and I pretty much agree with it, is if you're you know if you're in this position, and it's a pretty well sought position at this point, considering the way that the way they played, yeah, um, yeah, in the way that they're playing, I think that what they should do right now is they should have like a dream list of coaches. Like they shouldn't expect necessarily to get these coaches, um, but they're good coaches and they would mm-hmm. fit really really well. You know, both very very successful coaches. They run a clean program like Beeline pretty hard to find and, pr- and lots of them are probably in very very you know good jobs as it is you go out and you call all those people maybe it, one of them it depends well yeah you all ca- takes is one right exactly you call you call you call all those people that's probably you know I would say no more than like 15 people maybe le- probably way less and once you get through those people I think that they that they stay in house and they run an interim season mm-hmm. and then after that they go searching again but, I mean, 
Michigan coaching searches is something that, you know, I'm sadly very familiar with. I mean, I thought that 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 era was kind of over once. um, I mean, once Harbaugh happened, basically, that was basically the end of all that. Um, But, you know, that was a period in which lots of coaching searches were happening across all the sports. So, I mean, it's always a big thing. Um, And there's always lots of candidates that are brought up. Um, But, yeah, no, I just I, I hope it's a high-level coach um, who can maintain uh, the clean program that Beeline ran. And it's not just a very, very high-level, like, gimmicky coach that, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to see that. So, I you mean. You said getting an in-house kind of guy. I wouldn't be surprised the right, class that John Beeline has if he kind of gives Michigan a guy that, that he would recommend for them. Yeah, that's being true. Being how long I, he's been there now. I would, I would expect that. But I, it, I think that maybe that if it works out too for a year, like you said, have an in-house guy, then maybe they hire them. I guess for the right, exactly. Term, so and then that's that where the you see where you're at after that, basically. Yeah. Um. But I mean, that's that's what I think they do. Um, I think probably the most nationalized conversation is Juwan Howard for obvious reasons because mm-hmm. he's a former Michigan basketball player because he's on the Fab Five. Um, I would personally would not recommend that, even though you know. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. I, I, even though I was freaking out over Steve Eisman accepting a job with the Red Wings yeah. and stuff like that, and you know, I you know next to Jim Harbaugh for being <laughs> excited about that, like that's like obviously I love former players, but I mean the reason why I was excited about those two guys was because they actually have the coaching or the GM experience. Yeah. Jawan is currently coaching with the Miami Heat. Um, he's an assistant. Um, he's probably a decent coach right now. Um, he was a decent basketball player on the Heat for a long time. I don't know if he's necessarily proven himself enough to be the head coach of you know the Michigan basketball program, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, but that's a big conversation. Um, on the other hand, though, one of the people said that was Jay Williams, and I think he gave one of the worst takes I think I've ever seen on Twitter. He said basically um, that Jawan Howard needs to be hired, <laughs> and the part that's really funny is he said, like, bring back the culture of that program. Yeah, that's what he said. He said, bring back the culture of that program, which, I mean, obviously, if you listen to anything I just said about this, you know, in in this segment so far, I mean, it's pretty obvious that, like, culture is fine the the way it is right now. The culture is pretty, you know, pretty much as good as it gets and, you know, is pretty much what Michigan basketball should be in the ideal scenario. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, whoever can bring that back, bring kind of a similar culture that. Beeline. It's going to be difficult. Had, it's going to yeah. be really difficult to find a coach that's both good and runs a clean program like Beeline. And the the other thing is too, like, to continue the recruiting because I think lots of the recruiting pull for Michigan was just John Beeline being John Beeline, just mm-hmm. him. Um, so that'll be kind of difficult. But I don't know. It's a super super sad story right now. They'll I still can't believe. Though. I still can't believe I'm talking about it. It's crazy. I mean, I you know, I if you told me this a week ago, like, I had no doubt in my mind this guy was gonna you know coach the rest of his job and retire here and that was going to be the scenario but yeah we're we're diving into a coaching search all of a sudden and the offseason becomes somewhat interesting just when i was kind of like putting michigan sports away with the exception of softball they're starting their ncaa tournament which <laughs> i love i love that spring sport um but i mean you know as far as michigan basketball and football and stuff i was like i'm not i'm not buying in any football offseason hype anymore i'm done with that i'm just gonna wait and see what happens so i thought it was done with the big sports um, off seasons and I was kind of putting that away right now and focusing on other stuff but then yeah we got a coaching search now so yeah that's my show me what you've got what do you have Michael they'll, also just to close out they'll find somebody being Michigan the way they are but we'll just have to see if, if it's a whole different culture than Beeline's or yeah. it's kind of a guy that's similar to him but for mine this week I'm doing the Houston Rockets just being losing to them in the playoffs for the fourth time in five seasons it's just been 
such a disappointment, an underwhelming, and a way to end the season for them. And being in the situation they were in with Kevin Durant being out for for definitely for like he was out game six, but he was most likely going to be out for that game seven if they could have got there. I mean, this was the ideal scenario for them, and yeah, this was now, this I, was it really. There's just so many questions. Like, where does it, where does the team go from here? I mean, Chris Paul has has not been Chris Paul these all year long, more or less, and he put up a great game six. Not taking that away from him, but going up into that game, he did not show up. And I mean, honestly, James Harden's numbers were great too, but in the clutch, I mean, the team and him, they James Harden needed to take that next step to, I mean, I guess improve his resume that he is a like an MVP candidate of a player that can succeed too in the playoffs. And I just haven't seen any of that from the Houston Rockets the last they couple years. They just get have, over that. Hump. They just can't get over the Warriors, and they just haven't had that guy. James Harden should be the guy, but he just hasn't. I mean, he's put up great numbers in the games, but just looking like actually watching the game, he really hasn't in the big moment made a shot. And I'm just, I just don't know where where the team goes from here from from now on out. Because I mean, Chris Paul's not getting any younger. Mike D'Antoni, I mean, he's he's got to be. I, I don't know. He's got to be distraught right now after losing to the Warriors four times in five years. I, I mean, it's just what can they do differently that without Kevin Durant that they can. And they can't even get over that hump. So what can they right. do I mean, with it's, Kevin Durant? It's crazy. With I mean, on the team? So I don't even know. I mean, I've I've been through a lot of tough times as a sports fan, but I can't imagine a scenario like this where you're constantly losing to the same team in the playoffs, um, and just it's can't just get past it. And like, then you have yeah. the you know the most um, you know the biggest chance this year, and still the same thing happens. It was an interesting end of the series, and we'll talk more about that later. Um, with the yeah. in regards to the Warriors, but I mean, yeah, it's 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 crazy. And they to just me didn't that. step on their throats in that first half. Watching that game six, I mean, they could have easily gotten off to a, a way bigger lead, and it was a tight at halftime. But they could have easily gotten to right. a five ten I, point I just, lead. I think it comes down to the beginning of the throats. series. I think that, that that's game one too. That was just the beginning of the series when we were like, the can them. the Rockets just play themselves back into a series again to make things exciting? When we were saying that, like that was when. You know, if they had done more in that in that period, they would have been a lot better off later on because things picked up anyway. So and the bad luck too was complaining about the refs and that you just can't. Right. I mean, I I more or less agree with them that the refs it was very inconsistent. But in the middle at, of at a the meantime, like you that, have to yeah. you have to go you have to go out and play, and the refs aren't aren't just going to give you a game, and you have to make your own way in the playoffs, and you just can't complain about a call a, or a, a missed shot or anything like that. You just have to go out and play your best basketball, and that's what Clay Thompson, Steph Curry have been doing these last four or five years for the Warriors, and it just showed again, even without their best player, Kevin Durant, that, that they can still win without him. And if the war, like I just said, if the Rockets can't win without Kevin Durant in the lineup for them, how do they expect to beat him right. with him? And they sure, and they haven't either way. So Well, yeah, more on that later. But, I mean, yeah, th- I think that there's a time and place for complaining about refs. The middle of a series is definitely not the time yeah. to do it because you got to move on and play the next game. Um you know, and this is this is the time period of NBA and Stanley Cup playoffs, and these playoff schedules are pretty grueling. Um, not as much for the NBA; there's a little bit more separation, um, but still, I mean, you're you're moving on to the next game pretty quickly. So they're all very close games too in that series. They're, they're all very close. You just got to move right on, especially especially because it's a longer series against the Rockets. Um, you know, the Warriors just had to move on here, like. You don't. No matter what team you are, you just you do, you do not have time to complain about the refs in this scenario. That just doesn't make sense to me, regardless of how bad it was. Which you know, I agree, it was pretty bad. 
Um, but at the same time, in the position that you're in, in you know, in that scenario, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's just crazy to me that um, the Rockets once again are in the same you know off season um, scenario. I guess it's crazy. Yeah, um, I just you just I just thought that once I saw the I'm like this could be finally the year to get to the finals. Right. Who knows if they win or not against the Bucks or the Raptors? But because just thought my gosh, no idea is, what happens. The time, yeah. No idea what happens once they get past the Warriors because they've never done it. And so yeah, I mean, we're back in the same place again. So yeah, we're gonna have to see where they go from here in, in the off season if they make some. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you do? Or, like, I, I mean, don't know what's gonna happen. I, I that, don't know. I don't know what. It's always what you do at this the off point. season's always. It's always a lot of drama in the NBA. So for sure, once the games always. are over, it's the action's not done. So yeah, that's that's for sure. And speaking of drama, let's get into news. Yep. So as I said, drama. Um, although actual playoff basketball is taking place right now, uh, the NBA draft lottery took place here in Chicago on Tuesday night. Um, due to the new system and the heavy desire from all teams involved for the probable over, no, overall number one pick and, of course, ESPN superstar Zion Williamson, there was a lot of hype to go around. So, I mean, you know, this was very, very – this is a very, very hyped draft because – draft lottery because everybody knows that they want the one pick. Um, so here are the results. Let's just go through them real quick to summarize the whole thing just real quick. Um, number 12 um, goes to the Boston Celtics uh, through the Sacramento trade. And uh, number 11 is Miami Heat, number 10, Charlotte Hornets, number 9, Minnesota Timberwolves, number 8, Atlanta Hawks through trade with the Dallas Mavericks, number 7, Chicago Bulls, wish I could have said that way later, um, but we'll talk more about that, number 6, Phoenix Suns, number 5, Cleveland Cavaliers, number 4, Los Angeles Lakers, number 3, New York Knicks, number 2, Memphis Grizzlies, and number 1, New Orleans Pelicans. So, yeah, um, it looks pretty clear here that the New Orleans Pelicans will probably um be the team that will draft uh zion williamson and considering that there were that there is already conversations about anthony davis leaving that we've talked we talked about already on the show um now this just builds up the drama yeah. all of a sudden i mean this is this is kind of a this is kind of a crazy draft lottery result um as i said drama so michael what are your thoughts on this lottery result that we got here this week i mean honestly it's just for the from a Bulls fan perspective, it's just a huge disappointment. It's just, it's just I mean, disappointment. we can't we I'm, can't even tank right more or less. I'm just I'm just so I, done with the Bulls at this point. It's I just, just it's so disappointing. Yeah, I just uh, and for the I feel bad for the Knicks too. I mean, I well, this Knicks, could have been the, the guys. They could now they can't even thing. get John Moran either. Falling to three, it's crazy. It's, um, they just lose the two top. I mean, prospects. I don't, I don't know cash. when. Like, I, I feel yeah. like there's like a Cubs factor. Here's here's like my my sports fandom at least. Like watching teams like this suffer especially when they're from the city of New York is always fun. And there's like a, there's like a certain time period where like, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. I think it was still fun to watch it this week, but like, yeah, eventually, I, mean, I don't feel too bad for eventually them, there's going to be a, there's going to be a point where they're going to, there's going to be like a Cubs effect. And all of a sudden I'm just going to like them and I'm going to root for them yeah. to do well. Eventually. So I don't know so when long, that will be yeah. though, because this was hilarious. I don't know if you've seen any of the fan reaction videos, oh, but it's my new favorite guys thing. that got tattoos of, Zion on their um, on their well, wrists or whatever, and then getting well, customized yeah. jerseys of him. And My favorite thing though is just the Lakers getting picked number four, and it looks pretty obvious that they're gonna get number one, and then they get picked right after the Lakers, and just yeah. the reactions are just insane. Um, and of course, you know, being a fan of real, real, true sports journalism, that means I'm not a fan of Stephen A. Smith. So I enjoyed the reaction that yeah. was <laughs> expected to happen. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just so disappointed about the Bulls, though. I'm just kind of. Yeah, I'm tired of that really right now. 
Um, I'm just kind of enjoying the result with the Knicks. But I mean, this is this is an interesting lottery result because you know this new system really. You know, the real question right now is what does this mean for tanking? What does this mean? I still and think teams are just gonna. You really I can't, still think no so. I think that pe- I think that teams are that that everybody's saying this is kind of the end of tanking. It you know I've heard other people say this and I, this makes more sense to me. It just seems like the end of the 76ers process philosophy. That's what seems like the end of like we're just gonna be we're just gonna tank to the bottom every single year and just keep picking up picks. Like that's not gonna happen anymore. I'm not. I don't know. I actually. just think more general tanking. Like I just think that teams would rather. I mean, they, they want to be great, or they're. I don't think any team wants to be in, in right in the middle of mediocrity. Right. I and just think that they're I either gonna. The, I don't know how it's gonna turn I out. I think that there will still be tanking, but I think that it actually probably did some something better for tanking as far as like, you know, the Pelicans tanked and they weren't nearly the worst team, but you know they they, yeah. they got the pick. It does more for more teams in the NBA tanking, which is kind of the irony of it's it. It's kind of similar to the Blackhawks, too. It's, they were right. good, they, a good enough team that they almost made the playoffs, it's, and then they That's kind of what's happening. Pick, so it's so. becoming this, like, scenario where, like, you should still tank, but now it's, like, better to tank, um, and you have a better chance of doing well than you did before. But as long as you don't just, like, expect to just be the worst team in the league every year and pick up picks, yeah. that's just not going to happen and anymore. I guess assemble a team that you kind of can compete, but you know at the same time that the playoffs are probably out of the question. Right. I mean, get some excitement, I guess, going for fans. But it's an interesting system. We'll have to see how and teams adapt now. Yeah. I mean, it's but. an interesting system. We're probably going to get into it on they don't scout like this because, yeah. I, I mean, s- it's more of a big sports thing as far I still as the think, concept of tanking. But. I still think that tanking's. I don't think it's going to go away. Just being, like, the bottom. I mean, more like the – like the teams, like the, the Hawks, I guess they're going to be better next year, and and the Mavs, right. I mean, those guys are aren't going to be in the same position like that they were this year, getting a a high pick. But teams still like the Knicks are not going to be any better next year, most likely than they are than than they were this last year. Yeah, I mean and that was a that was a big, so I I don't know where where they go they from go um, from there. So it'll be interesting to see how teams if teams adjust to any to any new. I mean, kind of like system, I guess, assembling the roster, but we'll have yeah. to see. We'll have to see. I mean, there. even though I don't here. think it's the end of tanking, I do think that this is as close to the end of tanking as they could. This is like the ideal scenario to potentially end tanking, though, because you got this scenario where everybody wants the one pick. This is not like a normal draft lottery. This is one of the crazy years where there's a very, very desirable player that is, you know, pretty much every, every, you know, every aspect of the media is just writing off Zion to, to go at number one and that's what's expected and so there's that very very desirable number one draft pick that everybody's just chasing and so you know everybody wants nothing but number one like you know the Knicks got the number three pick they're probably going to get a great player but they knew that they wanted Zion and they knew that that was the way to really build a team and you know that's not happening so I mean it this is the perfect year to get rid of tanking even though I don't think it's quite gone because a team that you know tanked but didn't really tank as much and didn't have as good of a chance nearly as the Lakers the Knicks and the Bulls and the Suns who like fully tanked and got better chances and didn't do that well you know and it didn't matter because it was the one pick so like it all came together to favor not tanking even though I don't think it will end tanking I mean (laughs) this was kind of the perfect scenario um, from the perspective of an Adam Silver you know who probably wanted to get the conversation of tanking being over started so yeah, I mean, what I kind of takes me off though is the Lakers being at four, 
just above the Suns even or the Cavs or yeah, us at that, the, the that, Bulls. That's, I just, that's what annoys me. That's just a team I don't like seeing up there. I mean, I don't know. But Stephen Young had a very, very interesting take on it um, on the Forest Scout. He thought that he thought it, that the NBA had it rigged to the to the Lakers. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I don't think that's that amazing of a take, to be honest. I just but feel like I that – I don't know. I feel like it's kind of just given back to the Pelicans after all they went through with Anthony Davis this year. And I, I don't. I mean, we're just we're just talking like not like this. We're actually. I mean, it's just hypothetical, I guess. Like, right. It's it's a hypothetical thing, and I I can understand why people will say this, and they're gonna say it no matter what. By the way, yeah. this is just the way that fans work. We're we're really really stupid. Like the amount of <laughs> the amount of stuff I've heard about the Michigan coaching search so far is crazy funny. Like, and <laughs> you know, looking back at you know other big coaching searches, you know, across my sports fandom life is hilarious. Um, and, you know, I feel like these scenarios are the number one, like, things that show, you know, our fans are short for <laughs> fanatic. And, you know, I I embrace that as a fan. I think that lots of us do. But, I mean, it is true. But, yeah, the whole philosophy with the Lakers rigging the draft lottery is that basically, um, you know, basically everybody was thinking Lakers are going to get – Lakers, if they get number one, then that's like, okay, they rigged it. And basically, since the Lakers got four, they basically um, – they basically rigged it in a way that wasn't as obvious by getting number four, right. which I, I think is actually kind of funny. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that argument. Conspiracy theories make us wonder, I guess, now being there's at, lots of lots of conspiracies. Being here. where the I, I I don't I don't really know. I mean, I I, I just being the Bulls fan that I guess we, that we both are. It's just it's just disappointing. disappointing being at I wanted to see seven for three straight years. I mean, marketing was a great pick at seven, but I mean, either way, it, I don't know. I, I just. There's just not the player there that that we can probably like rally around that like this is gonna be this is gonna be great that we can trust this guy as a center for our future a centerpiece for our future and I just don't see it yeah. being where they are. I wanted to see of I wanted to see some more balance in the league and that's kind of what I'm disappointed by. But I mean, then again, New Orleans is like the smallest market in the NBA and now they got two superstars and like. This will be a little bit interesting. It'll add something. I mean, yeah, so what does Davis do? No matter where Zion goes, it's going to be interesting, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean, I I wish I wish it went to. I wish it was. I wish this was a bigger story than it is in regards to which team he's going to. But I mean, yeah, crazy results out of that. So, yeah. I think we should probably move on to our next story. Yep. So we're gonna move on now to hockey. The Joey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are, are the conf- the conference finals are going on right now. So while in the Western Conference, we have. St. Louis Blues and the San Jose Sharks remain. Sharks won in overtime, by the way, on a pretty controversial play. Yeah, um, I'll talk about that. We'll get into a that. Bit, but yeah. So it's been it's been a competitive series, and meanwhile, the the Bruins are in position to sweep in the East. So Joey, is this? I mean, just give me your thoughts. I mean, I guess for the Hurricanes, I, yeah. I know that you follow them a lot throughout this this. Well, I mean, Stanley hey, Cup I, wore, I wore the Whalers jersey on the yeah. show last week. So, but, this, I mean, so this, is the series over, you think, now with the Bruins being the success that they've had? And it's going to be both a take on, I guess, both. I practices. hope not. I really hope not. I really think it is, though. I think that the big turning point is game three. They're coming into Raleigh, North Carolina. The Bruins, you know, had their two wins in Boston, but now they have to take on um, one of the most, you know, rowdy um, environments in the playoffs um in in North Carolina and you know they 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 came through it they got their win we're going to see what happens tonight and if they do in fact complete the sweep but i think that that's the turning point that kind of shuts the door on the Carolina Hurricanes is the Bruins not only took care of business at home but they they stole one um from the Hurricanes um in you know a really really well thought of um home ice advantage um so 
it's unfortunate. I hope it doesn't happen, but I'm pretty confident here that uh, the Bruins are going to move on through. And I think that this is kind of where the Bruins right now are distancing this, themselves as the best team in the league. And they look like pretty clear cup, fra- cup yeah. favorites all of a sudden. And, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Bruins. I mean, I think that there's a lot of cool players in that team. Um, so I guess, you know, original six, it'd be somewhat fun to see him win a cup. But I mean, yeah, it just it just looks like the thing that's going to be most clear Play some to great happen hockey, right now. Playoffs. They have, and they've they've been the one team that I feel like that's been super super consistent. So credit to the Bruins, but yeah, I think that unfortunately the Carolina Hurricane season is basically over at this point. So yeah, uh, as far as the just just to talk about that real quick, uh, <laughs> Blues and Sharks. Um, yeah, series. The Sharks went up two one in the series. I think that's gonna shape up to be a, pr- a really good series. This is gonna shape up to to look really really good. I agree. I mean, yeah. yeah the Sharks winning game one six to three. Blues taking game two four to two. Then the Sharks taking yesterday's game that you mentioned five to four. In five overtime, to four. So. so there was there was a um, there was basically a hand pass that people are complaining about on the last goal. Um, I'm pretty sure that there was. I I didn't watch the game, so I'm not. Yeah, I didn't either. Sure. I just saw the. Highlights um, in the morning. But, I mean, you know, we're, we're still talking about review now. Oh, my gosh, this doesn't yeah, we've. But I don't know how many podcasts we've talked about review. We've, t- we've, talked, about the, we've talked about the refs, unfortunately, way more than we probably should at this point. I mean, honestly, like, my overall philosophy with the refs, I feel like the refs, and I should have mentioned this on the review segment that we did last week, the, the refs should have press, press conferences like coaches or players. This is I, I fully believe that they should be, like, as public of figures – and like as much of celebrities as the coaches and players are in all sports and they, they should be held just, responsible for and their they should be held too. responsible like they need to be able to have an answer not and just walk away after not the just walk over, away yeah. be this faceless guy who did things that you know really really affected very very big games. outcomes of games yeah yeah so i mean yeah so there was a bad call i'm pretty sure that went against um that was against the sharks earlier that was not called uh, yeah, so there was, there was a penalty that probably should have been on the Blues or something that happened that favored the Blues. Or, yeah, that favored the that favored the Sharks. Yeah, the Sharks. That was not called. So the Blues kind of got away with something, and then the Sharks got away with something with the goals. So there's a little bit more balance than I think people think. But, yeah, I mean, just the idea of, you know, an overtime goal in the playoffs, that's, that's a big deal. That's the end of a game. And the fact that there was a hand pass that led to it, um, that's you know bringing up lots of conversations about officiating. So, I mean, it's something interesting. I'm I'm wondering how this affects them the way that they officiate the rest of the series because we're gonna have to see how that happens. It's always officiating. I'm wondering because like the playoffs are always interestingly done as far as you know how how they play because generally fighting is basically taken out of the game from the player's perspective. All of a sudden, everybody's cleaned up their game. They're not gonna fight anymore. They can't afford those two minute penalties in yeah. the middle of playoff games. And then on the other hand, the um, the refs generally, I feel like, are pretty strict for most of the game. And then once you get late into the third and on, they basically don't call anything, especially in overtime. They just everything goes. As long as you don't kill someone, you're not going to get in the box. Um, but we're gonna have to see how this changes things because this is such a big story. So yeah, I mean, lots going on in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. Unfortunately, I think the Hurricanes are done. Hopefully, they you know they show some signs of hope tonight. But yeah. Um, and then yeah, I yeah. mean I think the Sharks are probably coming out of the other series, but yeah, yeah that'll be a good a good series. But yeah, I, we'll the, see what happens. The, Either way, whoever, whoever makes the finals, it'll be I think a really good series. A so. really good series, no matter what. I mean, it'll be fun. 
Uh, but yeah, let's move on. Uh, we already talked about the New York Knicks, so we might as well move on show all New the York other team, dysfunctional yeah. New York news uh, in a pretty funny football story. So if you happen to be a Knicks and Jets fan, uh, it's been a really fun week. And the reason why I say it is because the New York Jets fired the GM and VP of player personnel, uh, Mike McCagnan, followed by uh, the new head coach, Adam Gase, basically declaring that he's the leader of everything now for the Jets uh, for, for the time being. And it creates the familiar headline of the New York Jets descending in a chaos. Um, Michael, what do you think the Jets are thinking right now? This is well, just a crazy headline. What I don't understand is why they let him stay there for so long. I mean, he's the guy that drafted Christian Hackenberg in the second round in 2016, yeah. I believe the year was. He's a and then he, he's a fun quarterback, but not that great anymore. Yeah, that's he for was sure. a college guy and didn't translate at all to Did the not, next level. Not even close. But, I mean, then he got to pick, of course, Sam Darnold, which he, he could be a very – Good quarterback. The jury's still out on him, and he's only had one year. And I mean, he, he showed really, actually, really good signs last year that he could be a a good quarterback in the NFL. But I mean, I don't. I still just don't get that. I mean, he hasn't had a lot of other success. And then if if, if they don't think that, I mean, the team hasn't had any success at all. I mean, he's picked some good players. I mean, it's kind of fallen in his lap too, like like Williams this this year, and then Adams Jamal Adams last year in the draft. I mean, he's gotten guys that. Being how bad they've been, he he just gotten guys to fall right into his lap, and it's not it's not really him just picking good players or um, making good picks. They just fallen right into his lap. So I just think that if the Jets didn't think that Adam Gase or whoever the ownership, because I mean now Gase is running the show, if they didn't think that this guy was their general manager of the future, then why would they keep keep him this long? It just it's it's terrible timing. timing. It's It's so bad. Maybe (laughs) if you want to fire him, then fire him when the season's over or way before the the all the draft. I mean, all the prospects, I mean, uh, evaluations happen, and, I mean, you just can't – this is such a bad – I mean, I have no words for this, more or right. less. Like, it's, how it's, do you it's just such a fire a GM in, in the middle of May? And then and the circumstances right after a draft just get – yeah, yeah. I don't understand. The circumstances just get more, more and more better over time once you look into it because the big thing is that happened with the Jets is they got Le'Veon Bell, right? And I think they that, didn't agree with that, right, Gase and, and Exactly. Gase, Gase basically said – that he he basically took the Ryan Peters running backs are overrated <laughs> take, but the, but the thing that he did that was different was he basically told the GM directly that he was upset that they got Le'Veon Bell and he was upset that they spent that much money, and he like vocally said like to the owners and to the GM like I am up, I'm pissed off that you that you had that much money, um, spent on this running back, and yeah so basically he somehow like somehow. The GM's own subordinate and the head coach got him fired. This basically, or, yeah. I mean, this is what's this is what's basically happening is that Adam Gase is, you know, gifted an extremely good running back, and he complains about it, and somehow he he convinced you know someone higher up on the pecking order with the Jets to get fired. So and now he's basically in charge of everything, and you know he I'm sure he's an okay coach, but I mean he hasn't coached a game for the Jets yet. We don't know how this is gonna go. It's, it's kind just, of like John Gruden, I guess, that crazy kind story. of nightmare situation that happened in his first year. Just, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Mike Mayock's kind of the a, guy. It's, it's kind, kind of, of analogous to the whole Khalil Mack thing, yeah, yeah, for sure. Just not having a, I mean, just having a lot of attention, that unwanted attention towards the team, that yeah. the management, and the which coach, is never a good The coach kind of taking an, an overly vocal position on something. Yeah, and we're at to see, really. I mean, we'll have to see if Gruden, I mean, I, I, th- I think that stock, I don't always, I don't totally agree with his picks that he made in the draft but just being able to stockpile the picks that he did i i think that he should be i mean applauded for that honestly i think that that was we'll the best way happens. to go yeah to get picks but trading Khalil mac i don't know but getting getting those other picks like amari cooper 
might have been worth it, but we'll have to see it from there. I'm mean, just getting off topic now, but yeah, I think I mean, to go back to your point for the Jets, I think that it's just kind of funny, honestly. The, it is the, funny. The state of the um, New York sports I mean, what, teams. What more do you expect from the Jets? But I mean, like, the Jets. Nothing is mix, going well honest, in New York right now. The I mean, Yankees are banged up. Every player, I think their injured list right now is probably they they could honestly feel the whole team and it'll yeah. be a really good team that they have on the DL. The if you're a Giants fan, they're and total mess right now with the whole Jan- yeah. Daniel Jones situation. Daniel Jones thing. I mean, it's and then wow. the Knicks, of Every course, getting team. not getting Zion most likely. I mean, he won't. Yeah. I, I mean, he's he, going to go number you one. You could Zion, just keep so. on going. The the Rangers are terrible um, yeah. from a hockey standpoint. It's just the I, Islanders sweep the Penguins, have their series start up really, 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 really well, and then they move. They have to play the rest of the playoffs in Brooklyn. They move from their from the Nassau Coliseum out on Long Island into Brooklyn, and you know the the fans don't show up as we've known for a long time about those two sites, and they get swept, you know. And then I mean, what else are we missing here? Uh, the Brooklyn Nets are nothing. Yeah, <laughs> non-existent. Um, I mean, I guess they they had a like, I don't better re- year this year, but they had an okay year. But like, but when is the last time not. you've you've heard that that name? Like, yeah. honestly. <laughs> Um, it's just a mess right it's, now. It's, but I, I don't. Just, what a crazy uh, being time. New York, um, having all the success they've the had in the doing in the right past, I, I don't feel too bad for them. Yeah, so, I don't. I, mean, I don't feel incredibly bad. I got to be honest. I feel like they've had it off pretty well for a long time. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The Mets are third in the in the East right now, behind the. Oh, the Mets the too. Top. I forgot. I, I couldn't forget about them. They're average. They're okay. Um, but being the Mets, that, they that seems to be the best scenario going on in New York right now. So yeah, and they they've had their fair share of struggles since the World Series too. So it's just. It's just a mess right now for all New York teams, and I mean, I, the team that I want to be good though is the Knicks because I always think the league's always a lot more fun when the Knicks and the Lakers. Honestly, I hate to say it, but when those two teams like are good, like the Bulls too, Lakers, all those big it's just market teams, it's, it's fun. Uh, maybe that's why I don't like the NBA guys. I just that's think just that, that yeah. I don't maybe know. maybe if you guys want me to like the NBA, you got to root for the next one. And maybe all of a sudden I'll think it's cool. Like I you said, know. they could turn into the the Cubs eventually, like right. the lovable like, loser I, kind of. There'll be a there'll be a point in which they'll there'll be a turning point and they'll become the Cubs of the NBA, and I'll start to root for them. But I don't know what it'll even be. Then once they get good, then they'll be hated again. So right, <laughs> it'll just be waves. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll um, have to see where what happens in the all New York teams. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's move on to our next story. Yeah. Um, so we're which going, goes into actual basketball. Yeah. So back to the. So I guess going to the actual basketball court because the basketball is um, going on after, of course, the after the after they picked the lottery teams, there was a game that night, game one of the Western Conference Finals. So there is basketball still going on. We talked about the, sure. the Warriors against the Rockets, but now we'll get into the um, the Western Conference Finals. So the the Warriors started, like I just said, against the Portland Trail Blazers, game one. They got the victory, 116 to 94, a dominant win for them. So Joey, what do you think that? It's going to happen. I mean, without Kevin Durant, can the Warriors last without him, or do they need him? I mean, they they look pretty good in that first game. So, what do you think? This that, is so funny. Are they better without me. him, or what? This is hilarious. I I, I I find this great because this is such a like an ESPN headline. We rip on ESPN so much on the <laughs> show, but like this is such a like you know a, we need a story to cover. So we're just gonna we're just gonna look at this and we're just gonna be like, oh my god, are the Warriors actually better without Kevin Durant? But like then you actually look into the stats. They're twenty-eight and one with Ste- with Steph Curry and without Kevin Durant. That's kind of crazy. I didn't even notice that. Just, it's that's, regular season that's games. Like, yeah, this is like just so far this play? year. So far this year, just in general, they're twenty-eight and one. That's crazy. I don't know who they played. I haven't looked into that stat. It might be horribly inflated, but I mean, it is kind of funny. And I think maybe like Kevin and I don't think it's anything against Kevin Durant. I don't think like if anybody's gonna say like, oh, it's because Kevin Durant isn't a good basketball player or whatever, they're totally wrong. That's not why. I think the main reason why is 
like maybe the Golden State Warriors have like out super team themselves and they basically just have so many good players so, like they can't balance themselves out. And so if they get one out of the system, especially Kevin Durant, who kind of I feel like it's just an add-on superstar. I mean, at least most NBA fans think that. They don't like Kevin Durant for that reason. If you take him out of the system all of a sudden, you got the Splash Brothers moving in tandem and doing what they do, what they've done before Kevin Durant came, and all of a sudden what a situation the team starts <laughs> to flow way better, right? Yeah. And I think that that's maybe the thing is that you know, if you don't have an overload of superstars in your starting five, then you you'll be able to move a lot better as a team. Because as, as I've said many times in the show, and the reason why I effort. don't like yeah. the NBA is because there's this whole philosophy of all these superstars they need to get their touches on the ball. Like they need they need to they need to have you know x amount of chances a game, and it's just like it's like an obligation that every player you know gets the ball. It's crazy. But, like, that's kind of the way that the NBA sets up. It's not just let's try to win the game over everything no matter who scores. There's not that much unselfishness in the NBA right now. And so if you get a star player who needs those touches out of the game, it it clears up obligations and the, the, the actual goal of winning starts to go higher up on the list. Um, so Was that I mean, actually a headline on ESPN? Yeah, no. Actually, lo- oh. Lots of people are talking about it. Like, maybe, maybe the Warriors are better without Kevin Durant. <laughs> a, I mean, it's what it's, a situation to be in, though. If what, you're the what a situation Warriors, to be in. But gosh, like, I would, yeah. I would take Kevin Durant any day. I, mean, I would not, take Kevin Durant, and you know, I think you know what they should do is they should just they should just keep riding this out, and the second that they lose, they should just bring him back. <laughs> I think that that's the, yeah. that's not as that's what I, I don't like. Some, that's what I recommend. Times, the player Kevin Durant. Yeah, is phenomenal. He, he's just so good. Um, but I mean, maybe maybe he just. It's so much. This is just crazy. It's so much goodness that it kind of gets in the way of them actually well, the, being productive as a team. Bull, I wish the Bulls could be in that kind of same. The same shoes as them. Can but the Bulls please do that? Yeah, oh well, that'd be nice. <laughs> that, that those are some good problems. Um, yeah, my gosh. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that maybe what I recommend is you keep KD out until they lose. Well, and, you know, if, or if he, he needs to rest up, or he's healthy, yeah. whatever. You let him rest until he's healthy. Once he's healthy, you wait until they lose. Um, whatever happens first. Um, it's just if, so unfair. If they lose before, oh, if they lose bef- before he's healthy, then the second he's healthy, you put him back in. If they lose after he's healthy, you just you wait until they lose. Um, but basically, the second that the Warriors lose and they don't look good without him, then you throw him back in, and all of a sudden they have Kevin Durant again, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, um, kind of a great problem for the Warriors to have for sure. That, I would I mean, never. That's agree a crazy with, headline. I would never agree, agree with that decision to let him go to Golden State, though. I just feel like it's so unbalanced. With it's, the it's terribly we could unbalanced. Get onto, we I mean, could get another. I mean, argument with the league about that for another day. But I mean, you guys know I don't like the NBA. But that's one we, of the main we, reasons. Yeah, why. we both don't. I mean, I just. I mean, good for him. I mean, I guess he he wanted to go to a winning atmosphere. He got it. But I mean, I just think that his reputation took a big hit for doing that. Just having to go to a team like the Warriors to get his ring. I just think that it was a bad look for him, but I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just it's just hard to watch the NBA now. I mean, Eastern until we get to the finals, I just, that'll be fun for the Eastern Conference to watch to see if the Raptors or the Bucks gets out of that. But just I mean, it just seems like every year now, like I talked about the Rockets, like four or five years they've lost to the Warriors in the playoffs. It just seems like that we just know what's going to happen. It's crazy. It's just it's just scripted every year that the Warriors you can pencil them in for an NBA Finals appearance and most likely a victory. So. Uh, I don't really know what to uh, I think of it. I just think that I think we kind of know what's going to happen. More, I just think the Bucks or the Raptors they can't compete with arrested yeah. up Kevin Durant even and then even with even if he's still hurt even with the guys they already got on the floor like Clay and Steph and Draymond and all those other guys they got. I just think that it's going to be an unbalanced yet again kind of finals and right now in the Western Conference Finals I think that's going to be a big a big mismatch for for the Golden State Warriors. So mm-hmm. I just think that yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. We're, we're at to see where it goes, but yep. And then lastly, uh, we've been waiting for this particular story for a long time, as you can see what I'm wearing. So, um, <laughs> yeah, after a lot of waiting, um, not as much as usual, actually, considering the schedule realignment, but it's been a little bit of waiting. Um, America's favorite golfer, of course, is basically America, America's favorite golfer is beginning his first round of the PGA Championship at Bethpage Black in Long Island as we speak. Um, right now, he's through four right now, and he's plus two still. He double bogeyed on the first yeah, hole, and he's basically been parring out every every hole from now on. Um, but yeah, uh, Michael, you picked him to win the Masters. I did, and you somehow got that right. I I don't know how. Yeah, I was just that was throwing, I'm like Tiger. This this could be the comeback. He played well in a couple of um, events be- previous to leading up to the Masters. So I was like Tiger, maybe this is a shot. And hey, it, it was it's crazy. I th- I I think that my wild card pick for this week. I'm gonna I'm just staying with the older golfers. I'm taking Phil. Okay. I just think that so Phil. I don't know. This could be the last hurrah for him. Keep picking that. And yeah. I just I'm just going with the older generation of golfers that that I guess I guess that are that my dad ones. I guess I'm is a big follower of. I mean, still like yeah. that's kind of his generation of golfers. But hey, I mean, Kepka's kind of the younger our generation of golfers. Right. But and uh, he's. You know, we'll get to that later. But um, but who are you gonna pick, Joey? Yeah. I I, I said you know I'm I'm thinking it's gonna Kepka. be. Capco. Yeah, I just um, I'm just gonna I pick him again. I mean, you guys know I picked him before the Masters, so um, I, I think I have some bigger plans going on <laughs> by picking him again. <laughs> but um, you guys know who I'm rooting for. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I I think that there's a great generation of young golfers right now, and I think that you know it's a very very tough leaderboard to win, and um, whoever's gonna win it is you know a good golfer every yeah. single time. Took a lot for Tiger to do at the Masters. Um, it's gonna take a lot for anyone to do it at the PGA. I think it'll be Brooks Kepka. Um, I'm rooting for um, the thing that happened when I picked Brooks Kepka last last time to happen again. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun Which PGA. Is, yeah. I mean, Beth Page Black is a you know I Beautiful I course. misspoke and said America's favorite course, but I mean yeah, it's it's considerably um, up there on the list for American golf courses is you know one of the favorites as far as just you know distance. It's it's a it's a cool course. There's a lot of history there. Um, Tiger won the PGA in '02 there. Um, we've talked about his schedule going forward and how it kind of favors him with courses he's been experienced with. So, I mean, you know, if he's played it and, you know, lot that, that type of thing, it's it's a pretty historic course, you know, if, if majors are taking place over the years there. So, you know, the PGA is back there right now. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. The weather is going to be a factor, yeah. obviously, since it's on Long Island. But um, it should be a fun week. I mean, yeah. what the heck? Tiger, Tiger just won the Masters, and here's the next – uh, major just a month after i mean the, I, I i watched them tee off and you know the crowd is already crazy and it's you know it's, it's 8 25 in the morning there it's only 7 25 uh for us so um yeah it's gonna be fun to watch and um you know i think i'll be happy as long as we get a good leaderboard of a mix of young and um experienced players um yeah if we can see some if we can see some red on sunday um on the leaderboard then that'd be that'd be pretty cool and it's just awe-inspiring too like you just said with the younger generation like like we saw at the Masters, but but the guys just watching Tiger, right? Like I mean, that, that's the, my favorite guys, part too. Up watching their their whole, I mean, childhood, just seeing guys like Tiger and then Phil, other golfers that I mean that they've just the old that are still playing. They're Actually, getting weird, like but, getting intimidated by them all of a sudden, like whoa. Yeah. Like knowing just, what it feels like to be up against them when they're good. Like I don't, I forget yeah. which golfer it was, but he was just playing with him. Who who played with Tiger on the on the last day, do you remember? Um, we got Molinari. Was it Molinari? Uh, and I think. Tony Finau. One of the, one um, of them said, I, bl- "I remember they're like this was I didn't I I've had wins in my career, but 
just playing with Tiger was probably the greatest moment that I've ever experienced. Yeah. And he's got he's in the he's in the uh, group with Molinari again and uh, Kapka. Um, oh, that's cool. Today, so that's what's going that's on that's right good now. Pairing. Um, they're starting on the back nine. I don't know why. I think it's a weather thing. I think that's why they're like, doing it I that way. Know, but sure. hey, last time there was a weather thing, it turned out pretty <laughs> well for Tiger. So yeah, um, and I'm sure attendance is going to be way up this week with oh, Tiger attendance, coming off. They're the preparing for craziness, numbers, and it's already. Probably pretty crowded so yeah hopefully the weather can stay okay though i i that's, didn't check that's if that was, is that I gonna mean, be a factor did they say weather's weather's weird here i mean in there here it's, it's been it's been wacky all around the country more or less it's it's just been weird, weird spring like is it even spring i don't even know it's been i know today's like the last couple of days have been actually nice which and it's supposed to drop tomorrow so what, okay so what it's about looking like 15 percent uh of rain today potentially uh it's somewhat on the forecast um, to see. Let's see. Hey, it, it worked it out. It peaks like at 32 said. at like at like one o'clock. Um, it looks a lot more likely in the morning tomorrow on Friday. On Saturday, it looks pretty nice. Sunday, lots of rain. So oh, I mean, hey, it worked out last time for it's Tiger. A, it's a weird day. Um, it's a weird week. I don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, you know, it's typical when you're playing in May on Long Island. I mean, you're gonna expect some weird weather if you just come yeah. up north. Really, at any time this year, it's weird. So. Uh, we'll see what happens, but yeah, Tiger's still uh, still through four as we speak right now. Um, you guys are gonna get this way later in the day, so you guys already know how the first round went. But yeah, he's plus two right now, so we're probably gonna be following that during the school day, and you know, try not to get too distracted. But <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, okay, so that was news. Uh, we're not doing a let's sit down this week. Um, we're planning on Peter Elliott being a future guest. Yeah, um, ne- next week most likely. Most likely next week we'll Someday. get him on eventually. Yeah. But you know, we'll we'll we hope that happens. Um, we got a lot to talk about. So let's move right into they don't scout like this. Okay, for they don't scout like this, we're just talking about something very very simple here. Uh, the whole draft system tanking thing that can, that comes with the lottery. Uh, we're just gonna talk about like what we think like the best draft system would be to create kind of a solution to these problems. Um, I think that right now, I mean, at least just speaking for me, I think that the NBA, I, I even though the new system is making fans mad, I, I think that the results were just surprising and they were kind of the exception, not the norm. Yeah. So I think that this system is actually pretty good. And um, I would definitely, you know, vouch for, you know, this continuing. Um, I've always heard many draft philosophies uh, for me, like I've always heard Mike Greenberg talk about his greenie method, I think is what he actually calls it. Um, he talked about this for Mike and Michael for a long time. Basically, if you're the number one, you're the best team that doesn't make the playoffs, you get the first pick. And I've heard about oh, this, wow. and this is interesting to me. It's always been an interesting conversation. I don't 100% agree with it because I think it still would create too much in, imbalance, but I think that it, it's speaking of some, it's speaking in a good way because I think that, um, you know, the best non playoff teams should get. A little bit of a boost not necessarily just to automatically get the first pick um but i think that maybe it would be interesting if the order went like you know the worst team gets the first pick and like you know like the three worst teams get the first three picks and then it went to like the best team to not make the playoffs like if they broke up the order in that interesting way i'd be yeah. interested to see how a draft would look if they did that and how it would affect the league long term but um but i guess be, I, the draft lottery I can see that though because i think it's working out pretty it would well kind of like like greenies method i guess i mean it would it would add more teams quickly to being more competitive, right? Which, which I think is probably what he was going f- for that's, there. That's that's one hundred percent his purpose. So, so I mean, I I don't know. I think the way it is now, 
honestly, it's probably the best scenario. I think they. I, I think they figured it out a little bit here. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're the worst team, you don't have that much of a chance of getting the first pick. You just have a better chance than everybody else. So, so I, I don't know. What, I don't know. I kind of like the system right go, now. But yeah, is that kind of where you are right now? I think the, I kind of like Greeny's idea to be honest, but I I don't know. If, I don't think. I think people long term, would really not like for that one at all. year. It would be a ton of fun, and then after yeah. that, I, I feel like it'd start to get. But of bad, course, there would still be an imbalance even either way. If right, even there's going to be teams that are. It's all about figuring out how to find that balance. Like any kind of system, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, no matter what, fans are going to complain. Yeah, fans are going to say that the draft was rigged, and et cetera. But you know, that's just that's just kind of the way fans work. Um, but yeah, that's our days. Don't don't scout like this. Let's move into your scouting. So on your scouting today, we have one uh, call that we've been waiting on to use on the show. Um, it's on a pretty big topic this week, so let's take a listen. Hopefully here, if I can get it up. Okay, so yeah, as as you guys may have heard, Riley Mills, Notre Dame, big commit, um, out of Lake Forest High School, super exciting. Uh, we congratulated him last week. Um, super big story. You know, we've been waiting on this decision for a long time. If you're in any way associated with Lake Forest High School, so this is a big one. Um, of course, I was expecting some type of call from Peters or Carson about this, um, and we're deciding to compare him to Khalil Mack, and I think that. <laughs> It would be a pretty decent comparison. I mean, we'll see how his college career goes. Um, but, I mean, we're talking about, you know, he, Riley's a giant defensive end. Uh, Khalil Mack is a giant defensive lineman. Um, so we're going to have to see how his presence works. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he works into a college team because um, he's been notable, especially just size-wise. He's been just huge. And, um, you know, the only reason why I don't think – he's made such a huge impact over the last year is because like teams are just so prepared for him at this point that they just throw as many guys as they can on him, which yeah, is just crazy. Like I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw once just, you know, watching, watching a game, you know, earlier this year, um, there were like three guys on him, like not even joking. He had like three, he had like three guys trying to block him. <laughs> so like that's, that's what the last season has been for him is that everybody has been so prepared for him that he hasn't made a super big impact simply because everybody's just so ready. So it'll be interesting now once they move, once he moves into the uh, college football in two years um, and he's dealing with guys that are, you know, a little bit closer to his size. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, how that affects things and how that, and how much of a presence he makes. But Hey, if he's, if he's, his name's getting called, then I could definitely see the Khalil Mack comparison. Cause that's, I think that that's the biggest thing about Khalil Mack is just pure like pocket presence, you know, if if he's there and you know it every single play, then that's Khalil Mack. So yeah. if Riley can do that um, in his college career, then I think that that this is going to be a very very good comparison going that's forward. That's pretty. That's a pretty nice comparison too. For I mean, for, it's for it's Peters. a gr- it's a pretty good comparison to have. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I think yeah, it's it's going to be cool to see I'm, like I'm Riley at, it, yeah. at the college level. Just I mean, I guess just being being the same age that he is. I mean, just for I mean, all of us sports fans. I mean, wherever we go, like it'll be cool being the program that he's at. That eventually we can see him. Yeah, it'll be cool. Like at Notre Dame being the, the kind of program they are, always being on the big game, the, the big games on Saturday nights for college football. I mean, that'll be cool if he can 
if he can be a factor for them and that, just that being be from really the same really high school cool. high school as us, that that'll be pretty awesome, I think. Yeah, so. they're not they're not currently on the Michigan schedule going past this year, but um it would be kind of cool. Um to I mean, I guess I'll be in college too, so we'll see whatever happens. But like, um, you know, if I'm still using the season tickets and heading out there, it would be cool to see a member of the Lake Forest High School class of twenty twenty out on the yeah. field. So that would that would be super, super cool. But yeah. Big comparison to Cleo Mack there. Um, and that's, that's kind of a slushy comparison there. Yes, yeah, great comparison. But um, make sure you send in your questions as always, 224 544 9330. Really, we need some more calls going in the future here. We have a, we have just a short segment this week. It's fine, though, because we made everything else super long, kind of. We we rambled a lot, but you know, that's that's the nature of a podcast anyway. Uh, let's go right into Just Wait Till Next Week. And for me, for Just Wait Till Next Week, um, a few things actually. First of all, can't wait to see what happens in this PGA. We've already talked about it. I got Brooks Kepka. Second of all, um, more Cubs baseball. Just so good lately. Darvish pitched well yesterday, so he, we, he have um, we have hope. He him. pitched decently. They they unfortunately lost in extras. I did get a chance to watch the end of that game. That was a little yeah, bit of a disappointment. Carl but I mean, Edwards, hey, they're not going to win every single day, but yeah. they're winning pretty much every day. So, yeah. I mean, that's pretty happen. good. Uh, Kyle Hendricks is kind of the main thing for me. Such a good pitcher. Um, and, you know, three three hits allowed and three hits at the plate, that's a pretty good day for a I National know. League pitcher. Yeah. That's insane. Um, you know, we, we, we've just talked about the 81 pitch thing. That was already crazy. And just this, too. He's had a remarkable wow. year this um, year. But, yeah, that, too. And then after a slow um, start. You know, unfortunately, we didn't get that many calls this week, but if we were, I would assume that this would be mentioned. Um, opening day is tomorrow for uh, the Chicago Dogs. It's going to be the world's largest gathering of wieners. Yes, it is a hot dog costume giveaway. Um, hopefully, Carlos Zambrano starts the season off. We'll he see pitched, what happens. He pitched yesterday, one inning. He did two strikeouts. Okay. And I think he might have gotten. He might have got a hit too. I, I, th- I think I saw. We'll see what happens. I might, have to, I might have to get out there for a Zambrano start sometime I mean, in the summer. It would be fun. I mean, who um, knows if he can get back? If he can get back in the major we'll league see. track, but. It all starts with the dogs, and the dogs can say they had a major leaguer yeah. on their team. So that's knows? true. We'll have to see where they go. We'll see with that. Um, but yeah, Michael, what's your just wait till next week? Hopefully, Phil Mickelson can win. So I, I'm right for both majors this year. That's true. That would be pretty awesome if he can pull it out. I'm kind of going with the older generation, like we talked about for golfers, and I think it's kind of cool the way they they they've played so well recently. Like Tiger, of course, in the Masters, and even Phil played pretty well too at, at the last at the last major at the Masters. So who knows what's going to happen. It'll be fun to watch. I always I always like watching the, the final day of the any major. It's always fun to watch. But also, yeah, the Cubs, too. We're going to talk about them next week. Like you said, Kyle Quintana's been great. Cole Hamels has been great. The whole staff has been great. It's been, Besides, it's been a good I mean, run right Darvish, now. Hey, he, had a good. Good, he had a good – I'm really optimistic now for him. For no sure. walks is the biggest thing. Hey, that's so, – if you can get you Darvish to not walk – and we got it's basketball too next week. We'll see what happens there. I'm thinking, making my prediction right now: Bucks versus Warriors. What do you think, Bucks Warriors? Um, that seems to make sense to me, and I feel like that's going to be a fun series. I, you know, as usual for me, I normally wait until the finals before I'm watching NBA playoff basketball yeah. religiously, and that'll be the case um, because Bucks Warriors would be kind of fun just to see what happens there. Yeah. Um, especially with Being a with small Bucks, team like yeah. the Bucks coming through. I mean, we're right by it, so. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, yeah, that's all we got today. Congrats for sticking through and listening to this whole thing. We appreciate it as always. Subscribe to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. Uh, give us a positive review. That's important. Um, subscribe to watch on YouTube. Still trying to catch up to our goal, guys. Um, yeah, 
we're still slipping away. So we need we need our subscribers. One at day. This point. One day. One day we're getting. We're getting to the end though. So yeah, we're getting to the end, guys. It's days. Know, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know how this show will live on in the future. Um, hopefully in some way, but we'll see. Um, and of course, as always, read the Forest Scout and get ready for another week of Sports Scouts next week. And in the meantime, we'll keep on scouting. See you guys later.